getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Hey, good morning. It's uh, the Lubbock uh, Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Hey, the uh, the Rangers won a game. That's uh, good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Y'all doubted me yesterday. Yeah. They... Y'all doubted me when I said the Rangers are sweeping this weekend. They said, uh, they said, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to play the pale hose today. And they wore their sanitary socks and, uh, got, uh, got beat by the Rangers, uh, last night. They call them sanitary socks anymore over at, uh, tech baseball. I've, I've never it, heard anybody. You've not ever used that, that term. Yeah. Okay. That was, a, that was a term that was used, I think back in, the, that's a back in the day term there, the sanit- sanitary socks. Jeff, you ever hear that term, sanitary Never socks? once. All my socks are sanitary because they're all Never, clean. never do. Okay? Yeah, never heard that one. Okay. I mean, I think I've heard it, but I've never heard it used in, like, the baseball. Yeah, that was that's really where yeah. I heard it heard it used more than anything else. Rangers and the White Sox tonight at 6.30 here on Double T 97.3. Balls and strikes at about 7.10. Uh, tomorrow they'll play uh, an earlier evening game, 5.30 the broadcast, 6.10, uh, play-by-play. Uh, from uh, the ballpark in Arlington, and then Sunday afternoon, it's a uh, it's an afternoon affair. Okay, one o'clock, the broadcast time, one thirty or so, play by play with uh, Matt Hicks and Eric Nadel. All right, would you like to hear the timeline from Coach McGuire with regard to naming a starting quarterback? Sure. Okay, here he is. We've kind of broken this camp up like these first uh, seven to eight practices that we're calling mini camp. Um, it's going to be uh, practice-wise is not the thing that's different than what they've done, but the amount of time that the NCAA allows us to meet is different than what they've done. Um, we're going to make sure that we take every bit of that to get ready. And so the first week, that mini camp, and then we'll start going into the way we practice during the season. So the week before um, – our game week, we're going to have a mock week. I would like to go into that week knowing who our quarterback is. So we're going to go full. We're going to go two scrimmages. We'll have some live periods during practice, um, but we're going to go two full scrimmages and, and get after each other. And so after those two scrimmages, that us lead us into the mock week, and that's where I'm hoping that one of these guys takes it. So the follow-up question to that was, what if somebody takes it? before that and coach mcguire reiterated that the quarterback battle will go through the two scrimmages okay you know i want to get through two scrimmages you know i want to give them the, like a true uh we've had a good spring now they're way ahead in the playbook um and so there's no excuses uh i, I will tell you and i stick by this we're not going to rotate quarterbacks so it's not going to be i've never done that i don't believe in that but i do believe if there's something that a quarterback does that is really special that's his package of the week, then that guy's going to have times in the game that he goes in. You know, and, and the good thing about all three of them, they're really good athletes, and that doesn't mean they're going in at quarterback. You know, I mean, you might see a couple of them, you know, at different times at receiver and be true receivers. And from the standpoint, that's going to put a lot of stress on people because the first thing you do when you put a quarterback in the game that's not at the quarterback position, oh, watch out, he's still on the ball. And – you know, Donovan is 6'5", and on the goal line, that may be a pretty good option to throw the ball in the back of the end zone to Donovan Smith. Da, da, da. That was kind of interesting that he threw out Donovan, only Donovan, even though he said other quarterbacks you might see at a receiver spot. I don't know that you're going to see Baron Morton or uh, Tyler Shuck at that spot. 
Yeah, I wouldn't guess so, especially with Tyler Shuck, maybe with Baron Morton. Yeah. Uh, maybe, who knows? But I think it makes sense to wait because you just don't want to be you don't want to make a decision based on one scrimmage and you feel like, eh, maybe one guy just had a bad day or maybe mm-hmm. one guy was just really, really good that day, but he hasn't been that consistent all camp long. So I, I think it makes sense to wait a little bit longer if you can. Okay, so that's uh, that's uh, Coach McGuire on his thoughts on the timeline for a quarterback. Uh, Coach Kitley, uh, this is Zach Kitley. He's the offensive coordinator, obviously. Uh, he was asked about the quarterback strengths of each one of them. Yeah, you know, I'll start with Tyler. You know, Tyler Shuck, again, I've said it a lot. He's kind of the veteran. You know, he's, he's played the most snaps, uh, been around the block more. He's older. Uh, he's, he's just seen a lot more. Uh, and that, that does play a major key with kind of what we're trying to do offensively as well because I put a lot on their plate. And a lot of that stuff is, is pre-snap adjustments and some of those things. And so that's kind of where he's at. Uh, you know, he's also a great athlete as well. Uh, and that will kind of lead me into the next one. You know, Donovan Smith, uh, as we know, 6'5", 240 pounds. Uh, he'll run 21 laser GPS. Uh, the dude's a freak. Uh, big arm as well. Um, and, I, you know, he brings a different element to the game, uh, even more so running the football and being able to control the clock and some of those things. And then you got Baron Morton, who's just who's like the young gunslinger, you know, and, and I think the sky's the limit for him. Uh, you know, I, I think I don't know if y'all got, you guys got, got to run into him today. He's put on about 15 pounds since spring, and I think that's a huge – thing for him and that was something that I've been telling him he's got to get on you know he's got to get bigger physical uh, more physical stronger all those things and it's just going to help him in the long run and so he's done those things and so all those guys bring the the running element to it because they're all really good athletes they can all uh, you know extend plays in the pocket and then move the chains with their feet as well and you know they're all just really good players and so that's why I'm in a really good situation right now. All right, so based on what you've heard this morning, any any thoughts on is is there a leader in the clubhouse in your mind or does it further solidify a leader in the clubhouse in your mind? Uh, I don't think anything today has made me swing through that a bunch. Um, I, I think I've been uh, of the opinion that Tyler Shuck would get a chance to, mm-hmm. to lose the job or you know that he would be the leader in the clubhouse to get things started, and I think that's still where I am. Yeah. And and Jeff was with the Tyler Shuck from very from the very beginning as well, mm-hmm. and and I I think that's that's where I am today. And I think a couple okay. of comments there. I mean, not just that he started with Tyler Shuck, Coach Kitley, but he was pretty extensive in terms of you know um, veteran, put a lot on their plate, expect a lot. He's seen a lot. He's played a lot of games. Blah 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 blah. You know, the Coach McGuire reference of you might see one at receiver and then specifically referencing Donovan Smith, you know, uh, to be a guy in the back of the end zone to to catch a ball. Um, And then, you know, the young gunslinger. I mean, if you want to, I mean, we read tea leaves, or I do. I try to read tea leaves. Sometimes I'm I'm not very good at it. Sometimes I'm pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just kind of seems like that um, that's kind of where we're headed is a, is Tyler Shuck. Yeah. And, and and like you said, uh, probably his, his job to lose. Yeah, we'll see if, um, you know, if he performs well in mm-hmm. camp and, and keeps that job. So I'm open to feeling like more so Donovan than Barron, but the, the job could be taken away that one of these guys could mm-hmm. outperform him. Um, but at the same time, I think he's he's the leader to get things started. Yeah, no, I, I I think you're I think you're exactly right. So I'm glad we've gotten that settled. 
<laughs> I'm not as confident in our opinion as maybe you are. But well, I don't know. I'm, yeah. you know, I can be pretty confident, yeah. you know, from time to time on some things. No, you know, but at least I'll admit when I'm wrong, right? I feel like mm -hmm. I'm pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to say, you know what, I was kind of wrong about that. I'm going to stand staunch, though, on my... Mm -hmm. I need some of my well, older yeah. guys from the, you know, hopefully, late sixties, early seventies who played little league baseball and hopefully you know, talked about sanitary socks. You know. Yeah, hopefully, if I'm ever wrong, I'll be able to uh, <laughs> take your follow your lead and admit it. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I think if, like is this when Chuck says, "My bad, I was wrong." Oh, this is how this works. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> My my wife got to use a sorry about you on me last night. You know, it's like uh, I had a little leftover ice cream from a treat that we got the other night. And I said, I think I'm going to have my leftover treat. And she's like, I threw it away. It was dried out. I'm like, that one dried out? No, it was dried out. I threw it away. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. this is where I said, this is where you get to say sorry about you. She's like, sorry about you. <laughs> sorry about you. That's not the right use. Well, I felt like it was. <sighs> we love you, Chuck. I don't know that you do. We do. No, I, I don't know. That, I don't know that you do. I don't think people really get me sometimes. Oh, it didn't say <laughs> I got you. It said I loved you. There's well, a difference. I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy you, but I definitely don't get you. <laughs> There's no question. I consider you a very good friend, but I don't get you. You don't get me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that, uh, I guess that kind of helps make the world go around, right? Sure. When you have sure. different folks and different yeah. tastes. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. This day in sports history. Today is August the 5th, 2022. We got uh, about uh, I don't know, four weeks away from football season. And Jeff McGuire has this day in sports history. 1921. KDKA Pittsburgh presents the first radio broadcast of a Major League Baseball game. Pirates beat the Phillies eight to nothing, and Chuck, just for you, Harold Arlen is the first play-by-play -play broadcaster. Harold Arlen. He sounds. That sounds like old school broadcaster. That does. That does. Yeah. He probably had a coat and tie on. I bet he did. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1936. American athlete Jesse Owens wins the 200 meter in the world in world record time of 20.7. His third gold medal of the Berlin Olympics. 1940 St. Louis Browns pitcher John Whitehead no-hits the Detroit Tigers 4 to nothing in six innings because it was rain-shortened. So it can be shortened by rain and six, but it can't be a scheduled seven and count. Glad we got that cleared up. Mm -hmm. 1948, Cleveland Indians set a club record for the most double plays in a game with six. In a 3 nothing win over Washington. Hmm. 1963. Craig Breedlove sets a world land speed record that would be broken by Chuck Hines of 407 miles, 0.477 miles per hour in the Spirit of America at the Salt Flats in Utah. Yes, yeah, like the uh, SST 
I think is what they called it. Yes. Yeah, that so was it was like it a was, sprint car? No. What kind of a rocket propelled car. It was like a long it was a elongated car that had a little fin on the back and then he had a little capsule on it and and then the parachute would slow it down. Okay. Well, similar to those what, what kind of races am I thinking of? Like drag, drag racing, drag, drag, drag race, yeah. drag race. Yeah, no, but this but was uh, on steroids. Would yeah. be the way. But I this would was just a, yeah, kick, kicked up one, yeah. tricked up one, <laughs> trick, very tricked up. And then they had like as a as a kid, you had these um, these toys that were SSTs, and they had the little strip in it that you would you would pull, and then it would go <laughs> just go across the floor. You had, we had some of those. Cool. Did it go four hundred miles an hour? My Pinewood Derby car documented. <laughs> Pretty fast. <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> I'll take pretty 1969, fast. Pittsburgh outfielder Willie Stargell smashes his first. I'm sorry. Smashes the first and longest home run ever hit out of Dodger Stadium. Mm. The incomparable shot. Ready for this? Yeah. Huge number. 506 feet. That's huge. 1973, Atlanta Braves pitcher Phil Necro no hits the San Diego Padres nine to nothing. His first no hitter for the franchise in Atlanta. 1979, Philadelphia Phillies third baseman Pete Rose collects a National League record 2,427th career single in a five to two home loss to the Pirates. Can you imagine that? I don't know what the record is for singles, but I'm going to guess that Rose holds it. I think he does. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. But that that's a number that will never be broken. I wouldn't guess so. I mean, other guys that you would choose would be, you know, guys like Carew that we talked about mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, Wade Boggs, right? Tony mm -hmm. Gwynn. Those guys were singles guy. Although Wade Boggs, man, felt like he was peppering balls off the green yeah, monster in the like field all day, every day. Yeah. Just little line shots out there to the to the monster for doubles. 1986, Giants left-handed pitcher Steve Carlton becomes the second to reach 4,000 strikeouts when he gets center fielder Eric Davis in an 11-5 loss to the Reds. 1999, St. Louis slugger Mark McGuire becomes only the 16th Major League Baseball player to reach the 500 home run milestone as the Cardinals lose 10-2 to the to San Diego at Bush Stadium. How about this Hall of Fame class? 2006 NFL. Mm -hmm. Warren Moon becomes the first black quarterback to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. Joined by Troy Aikman, John Madden, Ray Wright, Harry Carson, and Reggie White. Wow, that's a, that's a big list there. They had uh, Madden on uh, the broadcast last night talking about the bus talking to each other. And that was the the class the 2000s and apparently reggie white's bust is right behind john madden because they they have them in by year that's how they arrange the bus okay 2010 a group of uh, a group led by hall of fame pitcher nolan ryan and pittsburgh attorney chuck greenberg is confirmed as the winning bidder in court or in a court ordered auction of the texas rangers so nolan ryan takes over control of the rangers we know what would happen later two World Series trips. He would then go to the Astros. And they would go to the World Series. Yeah, but he didn't have a whole lot to do with that. He leaves the Astros. They still go to the World Series. I think he has something against the Texas Rangers. 
I don't know what that would be. He's selling them his hot dogs again. Are they Ryan dogs at the ballpark so. again? Yeah. It is National Oysters Day. Out. Yeah. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. I mean, I've never tried, but uh, I never I don't will. even want to look at one. Yeah, I never will. They need something. <laughs> They're a delivery device for something else, is, is really what oysters are. A huge birthday today. Mm. Yes. Player, coach. I ran into him yesterday. AD. I ran into him yesterday. We had good conversation. Happy birthday, Gerald Myers. Turns 86 today. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's he's doing good. Maureen McCormick. 86 in the 806. Mm. Maureen McCormick. Yeah, Marsha Brady. There you go. 66 today. Mm-hmm. Lonnie Anderson. 77 today. Really? NBA Hall of Famer, bas- current basketball coach, Patrick Ewing, 61. Mark Mulder, 45. I'm not going to forget him because, you know, I understand that Moneyball had some really good pitchers on their team. And uh, one guy who's probably got the greatest Ricky Henderson story of all time, John Olerud's 54 today. What's his Ricky Henderson story? Uh, late in his career, Ricky Henderson was traded to the Blue Jays, and John Olerud was on the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. And or no, 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 no. Late in his career, Henderson played for the Mets, and Olerud was on the Mets at that point. Okay, so they had left the Blue Jays then. They had they had left the Blue Jays, and uh, Olerud, if you remember, um, wore the wore helmet, a helmet at first. Yes, to play right. first base. Right. Right, yeah. And he met Henderson with the Mets, and Henderson told him, you know, I played with a guy once before who wore a hat on it when he <laughs> played for Spence. And Olerud told him, yeah, that, that was me, Ricky. We played together in Toronto. <laughs> I, I, I got to admit, that's probably something I would do. That's probably something I would do. Yeah. And this Ricky day, being Ricky. Ricky, Ricky being, being Ricky. Ricky. 1962 in history, not a good day. Mm. Movie actress Marilyn Monroe was found dead in her home in Los mm. Angeles. And that is this day in sports history. <clears throat> okay, here's the uh, Major League Baseball career singles list. All right. Pete Rose is number one with 3,215 base hits, just singles. Okay. That's crazy, right? That's a crazy number. There's only one other player in the history of Major League Baseball that has over 3,000 hits as a, with singles. Gonna take a wild stab at it. Wade Box. Nope. Ty Cobb, who's second oh, okay. on the hit list. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. And Wade Box is, I mean, he barely, I mean, he had 3,000, but he didn't have that many more than 3,000. So Wade, that was a dumb answer. Wade Box is 19th on the list. He's tied with Stan Musial. He's ahead of Lou Brock. He's behind Carl Yastrzemski. You know. This will surprise you, I think. You know who's fifth on this list? For singles? Yeah, and when you when you look at it in terms of modern players, aside from Rose, he is the leader because Ty Cobb is second, Eddie Collins is third, Camp Anson is fourth, and this guy is fifth. Oh, Jeter? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Derek Jeter is fifth. Well, he's sixth all-time in hits, so. But still, I mean. Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't a power hitter, so. This makes uh, sense. Uh, Ichiro Suzuki is sixth. Rod Carew is ninth. We talked about him. Tony Gwynn is 11th. Another guy that could get a lot of base hits. Paul Molitor is 12th. Hank Aaron, the former home, home run king, is 14th on the list. 
that's the thing. People just don't realize how great a player is. Yeah, a lot of those power, not Hank, a lot, but some of those power hitters could still hit for average too. You know, so but he, Hank Aaron in terms of RBIs and mm -hmm. and home runs and singles and just so many different things that. Uh, and Ricky Henderson, whom you just talked about, he's tied with Robin Yount for twenty third. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you would have thought that Robin Yount would have been that high on the list. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, your question, uh, Mr. Lynn. All right, this would be a good question to ask Coach McGuire at next year's Texas oh, okay. Tech Media okay, Day. I'll, I'll write it down. Okay. I think I would enjoy hearing his answer. Hmm. Getting to that time of the year where we get to be excited, really excited about being Red Raiders and all that good stuff. So my question to you today is, mm -hmm. Chuck, what is your favorite tradition at Texas Tech? Is, is the horse master rider, is that, I mean, is that, is that too low hanging fruit? I, I mean, right before, can, if right that's before, what, I mean, to me, I mean, if, if, if you're kind of, if I, once... I mean, I stop what I'm doing, and I block the aisle because sometimes people walk through in front of us, even though they're not supposed to be able to walk in front of us because it's not supposed to be a walkthrough. But that's the concourse there. The seats are there's there's space, but there's they're not supposed to be able to go from one section to the other. I, I will I will kind of stand in front because I want to see the horse run. Mm -hmm. So put me down for the horse. I think that's a good one. That's a really good one. I don't get to enjoy it in person as much anymore because I work here. I love the victory bells. Oh, okay. Living on campus and when I was in Sneed and in mm -hmm. Bledsoe, I'd have windows open because we didn't have air conditioning. No matter the win, men's, women's, main sport, mini, you name it, those mm -hmm. bells are ringing after a win. Yeah. I love leaving... Uh Rip Griffin Park and you know, walking out to my car after, you know, post-game show's over and, mm -hmm. you know, 95% of the fans are gone and, you know, parking lot's almost empty or whatever and walking out to my car and still hearing the victory bells ring. Yeah, no, yeah I think that's, I think that's really cool. Or you can be at a baseball game and the basketball team win a game mm -hmm. and hear the bells and, and in the middle of the baseball game and you hear it and you know yeah you know right i, th I think that's really cool um so that's yeah a I'm, good I'm, that's a good I, one. I think that's a really good one um i i my, my first thought was jeff or excuse me it was chucks uh so i'm i'm 100 behind that one but i think jeff's answer was really good the other one that that with me being a baseball guy i love that our bullpen climbs up on the fence mm. and tips their caps mm -hmm. went to a guy who hits a home run. I mm -hmm. think that's, that's, that's super cool. And it's interesting, you know, we've come up with these things that happened at a football game or the victory bells. And right now the best atmosphere on campus, and there's not even close is it a men's basketball game. Yeah. I mean, that's the best atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's, I mean, it's loud and it's passionate and it's, it's crazy in there. Um, there's not one tradition tradition i, I don't know when they Swags lock arms in the sweat and they sway back and forth i don't know I, I feel like we've taken that from other people 
Um, but it is really cool. <laughs> I mean, it's really fun to watch. Uh, so I think that deserves to be on the list. Uh, that's a, to me, that's a fun one too. I would have told you when, uh, when they were playing at the Coliseum. So we're talking 20 something years ago, uh, for the really, really big games when they would do the streamer drop and they would do it all around all four corners around the scoreboard. Yeah. My, the first tech men's basketball game that I went to, uh, tech was playing Arkansas. This is the year after Arkansas won the national championship and they did that. And I had no idea. I mean, I, I just, I, went to the game i think i was probably by myself and i was just i would just thought that was just awesome yeah I, I think this one from clay on the chat line singing the matador song at the end of the game mm -hmm. i think that's a great one uh definitely agree with him with that one yeah that's the one that makes me smile the most though yeah. is one on the chat line the one person likes and one person doesn't like and in our group i think there's one person that likes and one person that doesn't like i'm a fan of the tortillas keep them in the stands Keep them in the stands. Don't throw them out. Like, don't try to get out in the midfield with them. But at a bowl game, you'll see the random two or three tortillas fly off. And I'm like, that's a Red Raider right there. Makes me smile. Mm -hmm. I, I, I Probably I would probably agree with Jeff if you can keep them in the stands. Yeah, it looks cool at a kickoff to see them mm -hmm. flying up in the air. There's no question. Um, yeah, just, uh, I mean, in my era of tech football team getting penalties for it happening, you can maybe understand why i'm not as big of a fan sure no yeah. I, I i would prefer they stay in the yeah i would i would prefer they stay in the stands yeah uh, that that'd be that'd be my preference but it does look cool when it does kick look cool. they're all in unison flying cool. up in the air it, it does um, it does look cool mm -hmm. um so if you have one that you want to share hit us up on the eighth flooring center chat line go to double t973.com or the mobile app benchmark hotline is open as well i do like um Trying to think if there's anything else pregame. I like watching the band come in. I learned this yesterday, okay, and I, I'm just, I'm gonna, I didn't hear it from football. I heard it from someone else, okay. So this is unconfirmed, okay. This is what I heard, okay. That that is going to take place a new tradition this year. It's funny you bring up traditions. Okay. And it wasn't the same guy who told you Mike Leach was going to be the head coach, no. right? Okay, different, different guy. Person. Just want to make sure. Man, am I ever going to overleave? That's not exactly what I said, but I, I'm, anyway, I'm never going to live that down, am I? You <laughs> could. You have to do something worse. I don't think you want to do something worse. Uh, it has it has us questioning your sources. Well, okay? you, you guys have embellished yes. it a little bit over the over In the what months. way? In what way? Well, I mean, you just keep bringing it up. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's like it's, as you did when time, you were one time. No, 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 no. Numerous time. times one, you you told people about the I got, envelope. I got an envelope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numerous times. Well, there's no envelope with this. Okay, um, but this. So, and I th and you know, people are going to be critical when I say this guy's name, but I thought it was really cool because it happened right in front of us, and I thought it, it attracted attention to Raider Alley at the time, which now has moved to the engineering key, which. Frankly, it's a it's a perfect place for it. It's just it's a little off the beaten path for me in terms of where we are and then where I sit. So I have to go back to the engineering key. But I think it's I think it's awesome what they've done there with the stage and the yeah that's, and the booths. I and, think the fans and, and had the fans a really good time. Had with a really that, good yeah. time with that. It's just it's it's not it's not worked out for me because just in terms of 
time to get there and then time to get to the stand stadium. It's just it's just not enough time to spend there. Anyway, the bottom line is, I thought the Raider walk that Coach Tuberville brought with him here was really cool, where they dropped the team off right there at the end of. Uh, Right by the baseball stadium, basically. Yeah, right by Dan Law Field or Griffin Park. You know, right there in the left field, you know, bullpen area. That street. Well, I, I think what's going to happen is the, this year's football team is going to be dropped off just to the south of us, of the stadium, where the band's marching down the street. Where the, where the band marches in, you know, where the band... The, mm-hmm. Right there as you're coming around the corner from where the sports performance center is, Sure. I think the football team's going to be dropped off there, and they're going to they're going to do a walk from that short little distance into the stadium. Okay, uh, and I think that will be extremely popular. I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I I think if I don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination. I I, I with Coach Tuberville, I did I didn't dislike it either, but at the same time, it did feel like everybody in the SEC does that pretty much. And it just felt like the SEC guy, it wasn't really ours. Yeah, I understand. It wasn't really ours. We were just mimicking what he did at his last school. I understand. I, and I, that, I understand. I that, just, felt, I I that felt like a little bit, you know, okay, this forced. is okay, but it's, it's not really us. We're, okay. we're copying Auburn. Okay. That's what it felt like to me. I understand. And, and, and Auburn's not the only SEC school that does that. Again, I, I, I say yeah. that almost everybody in the SEC yeah. does it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and I, th- I thought it was cool. I mean, clearly the fans did because, I mean, there, Raider Alley had become dead there prior to, prior to that. And, um, I mean, there were, there were a bunch of people that were lined up to kind of wish the team well sure. as, as they walked in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, I, I'm kind of – I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm pro on what they're going to do if if that's indeed what they're going to do, but that's what I was the told yesterday. Band marching up past uh, game day as we're tearing down mm-hmm. to walk into the stadium. That's when I get to actually participate in because yeah. I get I'm we're tearing down game day at that point. Yeah, no, I think it's really I think it's really cool. Uh, as we'll be right there on the corner, front stoop. Of, how far? Uh, how long out from kickoff will it be? You know. I don't know, Jamie, because it seems to me that there have been a number of times where you and I have been on the air when the team's been dropped off. It's about a couple hours probably before kickoff would be my guess. So I don't know how many people exactly will be there. Boom, boom, boom is next. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. 7.45 this morning on the Morning Drive. Time for the boom, boom, boom. Here is Jamie Lynn. All right, Texas Rangers were able to get a a victory last night, taking down the Chicago White Sox. Man, I'm having all sorts of trouble with my internet right now. Uh, Rangers win the opener. 3-2 was the final score last night. Uh, Rangers ended up having two of their first-round picks make their major league debuts last night. I'm I'm a sucker for that stuff, Chuck, so much. Okay. I don't I don't know why. I feel like I feel like every time it happens, I feel bad that I don't get more excited when like an NBA guy plays in his first NBA game or an NFL guy does. It's just so different. I think there's just so much something more special about major about baseball. I, I don't know if it's cuz we see these guys have to you know 
survive the minor leagues for four years or six years or the longer it is the more dramatic it is mm -hmm. i don't know it just um i just think that that's really cool so anyway rangers uh win it three two over the white Sox last night in the opener of a four-game series that series will continue tonight 6 30 pregame start time you can hear it here on double t 97.3 all right, the NFL season kicked off, at least the preseason, last night. The Hall of Fame game from Canton, Ohio. Raiders beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-11. to uh, Frankly, this was really all Raiders. Um, the Jaguars put up some, some yards late. Um, but, man, the, the Raiders uh, under Jared Stenham, they looked pretty good. No, no Derek Carr, no Trevor Lawrence uh, last night. Uh, Stidham goes uh, 8 of 15, 96 yards. He was sacked three times. And then uh, the Jaguars, their quarterback, went 13 of 25 for 127. They used a couple of them. They threw for 214 yards. But yeah, that uh, AFC West is going to be really tough, and I think the Raiders are going to make uh, make some hay as well, along with Denver and Kansas City. And, oh, by the way, the Los Angeles Chargers. Best team in the NFL, or best division in the NFL? I think it's the best division. Yeah, I, would, I yeah. think I would have to get on board yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. All right, Justin Verlander. Man, he continues to amaze me. Six scoreless innings for his MLB leading 15th victory last night as the Strohs take down the Guardians. They weren't Guardian much. 6-0 to zero the final last night. That series will continue tonight. 5.40 pregame start time on 100.7, the score. They'll induct, officially induct, the Pro Football Hall of Fame's newest class tomorrow uh, in Canton, or over the weekend. I think it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow at noon. Uh, Tony Baselli, Cliff Branch, who was a tremendous player for the uh, Oakland Raiders back in the day. Leroy Butler, who started the Lambeau Leap. Uh, he's the guy that did the very first one because he basically wanted to celebrate with the fans. Art McNally is an official. Jamie, he is the first on-field official to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. First one. First one, yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Sam Mills, um, who's now deceased. He had cancer and passed away. Richard Seymour, uh, who won some Super Bowls with uh, the Patriots. He was Bill Belichick's first first-round draft choice. Uh, as the coach of the uh, New England Patriots. Dick Vermeil, who took three different teams to the playoffs, including a Super Bowl win for him with the St. Louis Rams. And then Bryant Young, who played for the 49ers. Uh, I got to tell you, I mean, this, this is not a heralded group, but, man, this is a group that, that had to overcome and fight. And uh, Jason Garrett told this awesome story last night about Sam Mills, that Garrett, when he was... An eighth grader um, growing up in New Jersey, and his dad was a high school football coach. Sam Mills would come over to his house. He said Sam Mills was like this guy that was just a, a giant, but he was a high school player and would like play football in their backyard. <laughs> and now he's a Hall of Famer. The backstories that, mm -hmm. that they were told last night was what really kept me tuned into the to the broadcast last it, it, night. It's funny that Jason Garrett would say that because Sam Mills was a smallish guy, right? He was pretty short. 
You know, he not like he was a big six seven guy or anything. But he was short. He was pretty short for NFL linebackers. But I don't know if he ever. But like when he, but but when Garrett was in, yeah, he could have been right. Yeah, no doubt. Garrett's not the biggest guy either. You know, I mean, he's, I mean, he's tall, but he's not. He doesn't have a lot of a lot of bulk to him. But anyway, they just just great stories about overcoming, you know, and perseverance for for all of those guys. Dick Vermeil's the guy that. He coached high school. He coached junior college. Got a big break to coach at UCLA. Coached, you know, in the NFL. Then, then walked away and was a commentator on ABC for years. Mm-hmm. And then got back in the game with uh, St. Louis and then Kansas City. All right, Big 12 championship game will remain at the home of the Dallas Cowboys through at least 2025. That includes after Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC contract extension means the first nine games since the return of the big 12 title game in 2017 will be at the 80,000 seat AT&T stadium. You good with that? You good with the big 12 staying in Dallas or Arlington? I'm, I'm fine. For football? That, yeah. Okay. Um, how do you feel about where baseball is? Uh, also in Arlington right yeah. now. Um, yeah, it was fine. It was okay. good. Would they be better off putting that in Frisco in a smaller ballpark where where you'd have, you know, where it would feel like the, it was crowded? I don't know. You, you, you I, I think it's fair to ask that question. I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, there's two different sides of this. Mm-hmm. For the broadcasting side of it, it can't be any better than it is in Arlington. Okay. It could not be any better. I didn't feel it had the atmosphere and the feel that it had in Oklahoma City last year. So I, I it just didn't. I I love the downtown area there in Oklahoma City. Right. It works great. Mm-hmm. You see players mingling, walking around town, all over that area. I it, I thought it was great. I don't know. Maybe the fans love again controlled environment. Um, maybe the fans love the temperatures indoors. Maybe the fans love that we didn't have to worry about rain delays or anything like that. Sure. So this fan did. Um, I don't know. I just I just didn't feel like it had the atmosphere. It's just it's so big. Yeah. 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 And and the, all that being said, from the broadcasting side of things, it could not have been any better for us. It yeah. was awesome. Okay. The, the Rangers did such a great job. But I don't know. And it just felt a little bit different to me. Just, just, just I, I would it. love for Big Twelve baseball. I mean, like go every other year between the two. If, Oklahoma if I, City and, da- and yeah, Arlington. if I if I was the commissioner, that's what I'd be doing. Okay. Uh, finally, uh, Jimmy Jones, Jimmy Johnson, and Jerry Jones. They're still they're still going at it. These, Jimmy got to just tell Jerry to go to hell and say, I don't want to be in your ring honor anyway. I'm in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What does it matter? You know, because uh, Jerry the other day talked about it. It isn't at the end of the day all tailored around whether Jimmy is sniveling or not. And now Jimmy has responded telling uh, Dan Lebitard the other day that he had to look up the word in the dictionary. He goes, I don't know that I've ever sniveled. <laughs> I mean, if you were Jimmy, would you just say to Jerry, you know what, I'm, I'm good. I'm in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't need to be in yours. Um, I... Yeah. You kind of have a point there, you know. Yeah, so, but it's not. Is is it Jimmy who's who's whining about things? He, it, he it's he, Jer- Jerry got all flustered about somebody asking him a question about it. 
But is is Jimmy? Jimmy, had, I think Jimmy. Jimmy kind of. He kind of poked the bear. I mean, somebody asked him about it, and he he said something about it, and then yeah. Jerry said he was sniveling, and then Jimmy says, "I got to look up the word sniveling." You know, it's just is anybody else just children annoyed that these two quote unquote grown men? I mean, just I mean, it's, I'm just at the point to the point of both of them. Like, I just don't care. Just both stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think there's some, just I, shut up, both of you. For that too. And and hey, how about media members? Stop asking the question about it. <laughs> Yeah. Right. No, there's, there's something to be said yeah. for that as well. It's like you getting a divorce from your wife, and every or your let me your wife divorcing you, mm-hmm. and every time I come to see you, like, man, she must have really hated you, Chuck. The next time I see you, like, <laughs> man, what'd you do to make her mad, Chuck? You know, I mean, it's like over and over Damn. and over again. Just I just up. keep, yeah, just poking keep bringing it up to you, yeah. and, I'll, and I'm just, I'm just done with that little drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Hey, good morning. It is uh, the Morning Drive on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you from the First United Bank, Double T 97.3 studio in downtown Lubbock. Look forward to hearing from you today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to DoubleT973.com for that. Or the mobile app, Benchmark Hotline, is open, too. Uh, if you have big doings this weekend, if you've got uh, something you've got on your agenda that you want to share with us or overshare, I'm I'm all ears. Uh, I don't know if you have anything that you really want to overshare about for this weekend. Do you have anything that you're anticipating this weekend? Mm, I'm going to help a friend move. Are you? Ooh. <laughs> I have a bumper sticker that may help you with that, Jamie. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Yeah. It will, it'll be fun? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, this yeah. is my vehicle. No, I won't help you move. I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if, I were, if I were ever to move, would you come help me move? I sure would. Okay. All right. I'd help you. But move. we all know you would write a check to make that go away. You wouldn't need really would. any of that, yeah. so you wouldn't need me. I wouldn't need you. No, you're exactly right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't need you. Um, you do you, man. That's right. No, it's all good. It's all good. I'd, I'd come over and help. Well, I'd, you know what I'd come over and do is I'd I'd come over to your house. And I'd I'd buy pizza for everybody. I'd be I'd bring I'd bring pizza for all your workers. For all my workers. For your workers and some Mountain Dews for you. That's what I would do. <laughs> so hey, can I can I get you guys some pizza? Um, Texas Tech will begin a football a practice uh, an hour from now. Uh, over at uh, Jones Stadium in the complex, so to speak, as uh, they get ready for this uh, 2022 football season. I would I would imagine the anticipation is high, and I would imagine that uh, there's probably some anxiousness for players and coaches and all alike. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's good to have a little nervousness, right? I mean, that kind of shows you care, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that you have a little fear of failure, so to speak, that that kind of helps motivate you. Uh, one of the things that Coach McGuire said yesterday at his uh, media briefing with us, he said uh, he said he talks to his coaching staff a lot and says, how lucky are we to be able to get to do this? Mm-hmm. How, how lucky are we? And then he follows that up by saying make sure the players feel that way too 
Make sure the players feel that way, too. Um, he also has stressed with his players and coaches that they will share success and that they will share adversity. And he said that that will bring you closer uh, together as a team. Sure. I think there's a lot of a lot of truth to that because I think that, you know, as a football team, you are going to share success and you are going to share adversity. Uh, Coach McGuire talked yesterday, and we're going to get his comment on this. I didn't know that this was his philosophy or his history or in terms of uh, uniform numbers and things along those lines. But he said in his past, in his history, that you have to earn the single digit. He views the single digit number as special and that you have to earn that. But now with the way that the uh, name, image, and likeness is going, he uh, he has a, you know basically a sensitivity to that, especially for you know some of the guys. Uh, and he pointed out Baron Morton, who has you know marketed some of his stuff, uh, his his things in terms of name, image, and likeness. Uh, Coach McGuire is all in on name, image, and likeness. Uh, all in on on uh, on what's transpired here. Uh, and he he. Uh, he talked about how you have to have a healthy locker room and kind of talked a little bit about how name, image, and likeness can can be a problem. He didn't say be a problem, but he just alluded that other programs may have a problem with it given how much one guy gets versus another guy. And he was really happy with the fact that all his guys are getting the same number, at least initially. Yeah, I would expect there to be more deals for some of those guys. Sure. Would you or not? Yeah, no, abs- no. absolutely. A- absolutely, but at least... Yeah. At least at the beginning, all of them mm-hmm. get the same amount. So that mm-hmm. led to a question about... So we we back to the charade of calling it name, image, and likeness, Chuck? I don't know. I, I, know, I don't know if it's a charade or not. I mean, I just, I'm just repeating what he said. He he didn't say pay for play, so I was just saying Internally, what he said. we can say pay for play. Yeah. He, the, he has to say name, name image, image, and likeness. likeness. Yeah, and but, I think there will that, the deals that I'm speaking of that mm-hmm. that me thinking there would be other ones. Yeah. I would think those probably will be name, image, and yeah. likeness. No, ones. I think there will be. Yeah, I would. I would guess. You know, whoever ends up being the starting quarterback is probably going to have something. Right, sure. one of those deals Absolutely. somewhere. Absolutely, I would guess. Absolutely, it's at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he talked about have to have a healthy locker room and name, image, and likeness. But that led to. And he has talked about this, that there will be a special person or a special player who will represent the team with the number three in memory of Luke Siegel. Okay? And so he was asked about the battle for that uniform number. And currently there is a player with that uniform number. But here's Coach McGuire discussing how that's going to go in the battle for uniform number three. Uh, that would go all the way through. That would go all the way through. Because, first of all, I want to respect – uh, Kobe Miner, you know that's his number, and and I told him I said I'm not trying to take your number. You just gonna have to be the brand, like. And so I want to make sure he has every bit of that. If you don't know, um, I come from a mentor that you had to earn a single digit. They weren't handed out. They were the brand. If you look at the team from Waco, um, there was an All-American wearing number eight last year. There was a number second-round draft pick. He earned that number eight. He wore 24 as a freshman. Um, you know, number two um, that was drafted uh, by the Buffalo Bills in the third round, you know, he earned that number two. I think he was number tw- 26 as a freshman. So 
Um, with name, image, likeness, uh, with the way it is today, when I first came in, I was going to do that. I was going to like take everything. And I was talking to a couple different people, and and uh, you know, like Krishan Merriweather, who wears number one, he goes, "Coach, I'm going to earn my number. So if you want to take it, I'm good." Like he's a very confident young man. He's a very tough young man, and so I was like thinking through it, and I was like, "Well, who's doing different things?" You know, Baron Morton's got some stuff that he does with his number and shirts and different like that. And I was like, "Well, let's just go with this." You know, I started talking to uh, uh, Team Luke and, and talking to Tim and, and just fight like Luke. And I started thinking about, like, this guy's the brand. This kid's the brand. I wish I knew him. And so uh, his favorite number was number three. And so right now the number three is up for grabs. Um, I want to I want to wait till that game one going in uh, to game one. We'll probably vote that Sunday ending camp. And, uh, you know, Kobe's going to fight his butt off, man. He's had a good summer, and, you know, he's really uh, vying for a lot of playing time. But, you know, there's some guys out there, you know, two off the top of my head. Um, I'm not going to have a vote, but Henry Teeter and, and Rabbit, I mean, those two guys are everything that's right whenever it comes to being tough, hardworking, and competitive. So I can see him wear it. That's uh, Coach Joey McGuire. So that kind of gets you the, the update on that. But, uh that's interesting. They'll have a, a team vote, sounds like. And um, Coach McGuire said he would not have a vote, so you would assume maybe his assistants wouldn't either. And the team will decide who gets to uh, represent number three. Yeah, no, I think that's. I think it's awesome. I think it's a great honor for, for Luke Siegel. And uh, I think what he's looking for is someone who, you know, is the toughest and hardest working and all that. And that's obviously something you um, you want I think that's cool that the fans will be able to know, hey, this is the guy that Coach McGuire or the rest of the team feels like this dude is giving it everything he's got. So mm-hmm. I think that's great. I also loved in that clip there, I loved uh, hearing Krishan Merriweather's take on things. Hey, take my number, Coach. I'm yeah. going to get it back anyway. The kind yeah. of attitude is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You know, uh, Coach uh, Tim DeRuder, who's the defensive coordinator, talked about Krishan Merriweather. He said, he has been a leader. He has respect to the players and respect to the coaching staff. They, they would like him to be a little bit more vocal. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to DoubleT973.com.